welcome to the Chronicles of Us podcast. Wherever you are in your personal or professional journey, this podcast is a means to inspire you and give you some insights on what it can mean to achieve personal success. Follow us on Instagram. Just look us up at chroniclesofus.with.nags. You'll find there behind-the-scenes content, teasers, and more information on our upcoming guests. Hi, everyone. This is Nagwa from the Chronicles of Us, and thank you so much for being with us again today. Um, as you know, I try my best to bring you um, amazing stories from people who you know, have lived a different life than we have, getting out a bit of our bubble and hearing their perspective on, on, on things um, and sharing their wisdom. And I truly believe that every one of us can um, have a wisdom to be shared with others and we all benefit from it. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited and, and about today's episode. It's, um, it's a little bit of a different episode than normal. My guest today is Sofia, Sofia Klotza. She's a counseling psychologist, a life and business coach. She's an expert, um, international speaker, an author uh, in the subjects of personality type, career development, family, and well-being. Uh, she has three masters uh, in counseling, in communications, and in leadership. She's a teacher of effectiveness uh, training. She's a certified MBTI personality type analysis, career and development. And what really caught my attention, she's a certified coach. Now, wait for it. A certified coach in the science of happiness and well-being. And like, where do I start? First of all, I didn't even know that this existed. And then I have so many questions, which is why she has taken time from her very, very busy agenda to talk to us today. Sophia, thank you so very much for joining us today on the podcast. Nag, thank you very much for having me here today. I also feel very excited um, being your guest and I'm looking forward uh, to our conversation uh, today. Um, I love uh, the subject of happiness and well-being. That's why uh, in recent years um, I even got certified on the science of happiness and well-being because for a long time, um, of, uh, for a long period of my life, I was. Uh, uh, it was hard for me also to be happy. I had a lot of difficulties uh, uh, <laughs> happening uh, to me, and uh, I, I think that through difficulties, it's uh, where we understand that uh, we cannot find happiness outside of ourselves, but happiness lies within ourselves, and uh, this is where uh, I am. I was able to do a lot of uh, beautiful work with myself. And then uh, I decided that I want uh, also to share all this knowledge and help my clients and other people as well. Thank you, Sophia. And I think you're, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're also the author of a best-selling book that is called, and I love the title, The Decision of Happiness, How to Be Happy in All the Aspects of Your Life, which sounds like a dream and recommend everybody to get a copy of that. <laughs> Yes, uh, actually, the book, for the time being, unfortunately, uh, exists in Greek, in Greek only, but it's going to be translated in English very soon, so I will let you know. Uh, yes, actually, the book came to me as an idea of why not putting all this knowledge together uh, to help everyone, everyday people, people that maybe they've never been to a psychologist and maybe they don't know any of these things, but still they can live uh, their lives every day uh, in a bit uh, uh, better way and uh, feel more fulfilled and happy. So the book is uh, separated in sections, so you can go and read about uh, family, business, money, health, uh, emotional uh, health, uh, whichever a part of your life you want to improve. Um, although me, I recommend, of course, reading the whole book because I think there is always room for improvement uh, in all our lives. Uh, so yes, the book uh, has become a bestseller 
in uh, in Greece, and I've done a lot of talks about it, both in Greece and abroad. <laughs> so I I wonder if that is something you touch in your book, but also in your workshops and seminars that you give. Um, what are the main factors, uh, if we take it from the start and from the top, in your mind and in your expert experience um, that contribute to happiness for human beings? Okay. Well, there are uh, a few actually. Uh, I'm going to elaborate today uh, on the most important ones because we could be here 10 hours talking about uh, these factors. So the most important ones uh, actually that uh, scientists, we have no doubt that contribute most in our levels of happiness and well-being. The two most important ones is uh, our relationships with others to have good a healthy, effective relationships with our loved ones, family and close friends. And the second, uh, our life purpose, uh, to find our life purpose. What is our life path? To have a reason for waking up in the morning. And uh, when I'm talking about uh, the life path, I don't, of course, talk just about uh, my work. Uh, for uh, a woman, it can be her life path uh, to uh, help uh, grow uh, responsible children. Okay, so it doesn't have to do as uh, to do only with work, as I said, but it's what uh, give us a, a beautiful reason for being and for living every day. Okay, gratefully. And now that I mentioned gratefully, (laughs) I want to say that some other uh, important factors that contribute to our happiness is gratitude and forgiveness. Uh, These two are also very important. And uh, it's interesting that uh, uh, during my speeches or workshops, people usually uh, say, okay, uh, about the relations and the life path I could have imagined, but I didn't know that some other things like forgiveness or gratitude can be that important as well, um, which they are. Yeah, I was going there. I was going to ask you the same. I never imagined that it would be part of it. No. Well, uh, it is... Uh, But uh, also I want us to have in mind that another reason that uh, is important is is our attitude, okay? Our attitude is everything. Uh, That's why we're saying also that our personalities play a role. Uh, There are some uh, personalities, and I know this because uh, I analyze uh, people's personalities for the past 20 years now, So it's very interesting because some of the traits that we have found out that are the most important ones, uh, like if a person is a sensing type, uh, a sensing type is a person that lives in the moment, lives in the here and now. So this person, instead of worry about the future or uh, uh, care that much about the past, lives at the present moment. Uh, So being a sensing type is a contributing factor also, as well as uh, um, the perceiving uh, a preference in our personality. Perceivers are people that uh, they are very adaptable, they are very resilient, they go with the flow. They, it's the opposite of uh, um, a person that's called a judger, is a person that needs to live his or her life um, um, uh, very or, uh, to be very organized. So um, what is important and I want you to keep here is, of course, that it's not... Uh, uh, we're not saying that it's good to be just a sensing type or a perceiver and if you're a judge or intuitive, you're not happy. And actually, when we do the whole personality analysis of a person, we see that uh, we need a balance okay, between the two. But um, what I'm saying is that it's important, for example, if a person is 100% intuitive, it's important to develop also his or her, or her sensing, both for practical reasons, because people that are sensing types, they're more realistic, but also because being a sensing type, it helps you live in the present moment. And this is one of the factors that help us um, uh, feel more happy uh, and content in our lives. Okay. And because I mentioned the attitude, I want to add something here, very important. Uh, I wish I could show you a diagram. We have a beautiful diagram that, uh, uh, that shows how much our attitude is important because most people, they think that the most important thing that determines our level of happiness is the circumstances of our lives, 
Okay. So they think it has to do with, oh, if I have, uh, yeah. if I have a lot of money, I will be happy. And a lot of times, unfortunately, they uh, associate happiness with material things, which this is not at all true. And I can talk a bit about this as well a bit later on, because uh, uh, from the science of well-being and happiness that I did with Yale University, we found out that what makes us much more happy are experiences, not the acquisition of material things. Okay, so uh, keep this in mind and we can come back to this later, but I want to talk now a bit about the attitude. Uh, so I was saying that although people think that the um, environment, the circumstances are very important, do you know what percentage uh, of our happiness um, uh, is the environment? It is just 10%. So... The environment, just 10%. It's just 10%, uh, the, a contributor factor to our happiness, the circumstances. The other 50% is the personality I mentioned before. Okay, so of course our personalities play a role. Some, some people will have a predisposition to be more happy to see the glass uh, half full instead of half empty. But another 40% that it's left, which is very important because it's almost like the 50% that uh, our personalities have, it's almost half of the pie, it's our attitude. It's how we react to the circumstances, to what happens to us. So this is very important for people to understand. Uh, so I have, a, I have a quick question on this one then, if, okay. if I may. So if, if you are a person that's naturally positive, that always kind of sees the glass half full, would that mean you would have the tendency to be happier in your life? Uh, yes. Yes. I'm saying it this, um, you know, <laughs> like this because yes, but uh, it's not just the personality, as I said before, because there are some people that they are born more optimistic, but uh, our attitude, which is something that we can learn, plays a very big part. So I've, I have uh, met people that they were very optimistic as children. Okay. Then, you know, bad things happened to them. And because they weren't that resilient, um, their attitude uh, changed a bit. So it's a combination, basically. And this is a, a question for scientists for, for many, many years okay. it has been. If it's a nature or nurture, if we are born or if we become. So it's a combination. Of course, our personality plays a role. But it's not the beginning or the end, because if our personalities was the beginning or the end, this means that a person that is born not optimistic cannot become an optimistic person, okay, and uh, develop resilience, which is not true at all. And I'm talking through experience. Me, most of the people that know me these days, they consider me a very, very optimistic person. I wasn't like this as a child. So... I can tell you from personal experience that it, this is something that we all can work on. I see. And, and so I know, I know you have, there's so much to be talked about. Um, how um, I expected some of the things, like to a certain degree, what you said makes sense to me. Um, but then, and, and tell me if we can, if we need to get to it a little bit later, but you, you mentioned gratitude um, so if, if it's okay for us to talk about gratitude, I'd love to understand what it means because a lot of different people have a different, uh, definition and interpretation of what gratitude is. And, uh, you know, mindfulness is gratitude or saying thank you to yourself every day in the mirror or, uh, every week, you know, you have a lot of these exercises that seem frivolous or very at the surface, um, superficial. I mean, uh, is that really gratitude, I guess, is my question. Well, gratitude has to do uh, with uh, focusing on the good things we have in our lives, okay, not the bad ones, because we all have both good things going on, but also some things that, you know, they're negative, negative ones, they're not that good. So uh, the important thing is where we focus. We have found out that people that um, are happier and uh, uh, they feel uh, uh, 
they live their life, you know, when they feel more uh, happy every single day, are the people that instead of uh, complaining for what they don't have, they focus on what they have. So gratitude has to do with focusing also on what you have. This is very important. In NLP and in general in positive psychology, we say that uh, where where you put your focus, this, it tends to ma- to become bigger and bigger. It magnifies, okay? So if I keep complaining all the time about my relationships, my relationships will become worse and worse because if I don't see the good in what the other person is bringing into the relationship and I'm always complaining, this is everything is action and reaction. So this is the, the reaction I will also bring into my life, okay? Uh, so, for example, in couples therapy, we say, If you want to save your marriage, uh, there are specific exercises you can do to start appreciate your partner. And instead of uh, complaining every single day about what he does that you don't like, to start mentioning three good things every morning or every night before you go to bed. Three things that he does or she does that you like. And share this with uh, your partner, okay? This is a very beautiful... That sounds amazing. I might even start doing that with my kids to make sure they feel how much I appreciate them on a daily basis. Yes, you can do it with your kids. You can do it with anyone. And it's so so nice to do it. I I had a a friend recently telling me, but actually he, he has become a friend. He started as a client. He said, but why do I need Sophia to share this with my wife? Okay, she knows I love her and I appreciate her. And I said, of course it's important. It's not enough that you think she knows because you once told her two years ago, we, we should repeat all the good things, like we repeat the negative things, okay? And this is very important. Uh, I have uh, children sometimes coming to me and saying, oh, I, I'm not saying that my parents don't love me, but they don't show it to me um, the way I want to and the way I can understand it. And what I'm talking here. Uh, has to do also with sharing the good things uh, that the other person is doing. And this also is included um, um, in my workshop, The Five Languages of Love uh, or, or Communication. There, I will mention them now here because they're also very important because they can improve our level of happiness. Uh, there are five languages of love and communication. I'm going to say them now briefly. Uh, and we have found out that a lot of times we have issues in our relationships with others, which, as I said, is the number one contributing factor to happiness, because we don't express our love the same way that the other person will understand it. Because we have different, uh, if my main language is different from yours, this might create an issue, a conflict in our relationship, okay? So the five languages are, the first one is... Uh, Uh, um, words of encouragement. So you see how important, if a person has as his primary uh, language of communication or uh, words of encouragement, for this person is twice as important that um, his friend, his partner, uh, his parent, his child uh, will will communicate to him all the good things that this person does. Because this is the way that this person is able to receive love. And understand it, okay? So the first one is, uh, I said, uh, words of encouragement. Uh, the second is um, uh, whatever has to do with uh, our body, when we hug somebody, uh, when uh, you make love you, with your partner. Some people, they understand love um, uh, through the connection of uh, their bodies. Then uh, we have... Uh, um, And this is interesting because, uh, and I will explain this. Then we have presence, okay? When I talk about presence, I'm not talking about something expensive, okay? Of course. Uh, For example, my daughter, one of her main uh, uh, languages of love, of communication is presence. This means that when she will go out for a walk, she will come back and she will bring me a small flower to show me that she thought of me while she was outside playing. So for these people, it's very important to give them uh, even a chewing gum, okay? But that you thought about them where you were, okay? Yeah. You have a question here? Yeah, it feels feels like this one, 
Yeah, I feel I feel like this one falls off the radar a lot, especially in the world we live in where people are on phones, they're always busy doing things. And, um, you know, I feel like the, the presence part is something we we don't consider, to be honest. I think that's something that a lot of us need. A lot of us feel we're missing maybe sometimes from the partner or other people. Um, and, and we don't, um, we don't appreciate or even realize that that is in itself, uh, um, one of the forms of, of, um, of appreciation, love and, and yeah, absolutely. This is fascinating. Nate right. <laughs> is. So, um, I will move forward to the last two. So the next one is actions of care to do, uh, something for the other person, an action that shows that you care, like cook a, a nice food uh, for your partner or for your children, okay? Uh, or fix something in the house for them. Uh, and the last one is quality time. Spend time with them, okay? But quality time, as mentioned. Uh, of course, we all have all five languages and we want all of them, okay? All of them. But the one or two of them are the most important ones. And it's interesting to know them because when I first met my husband many years ago, it was interesting because I didn't know about these five languages of communication of love then. So for me, my number one language is quality time and words of encouragement. So, but for my husband, it wasn't. For him, it was uh, actions of love. So I would come back uh, from work very tired and me, I was, you know, looking forward to go out on a beautiful walk with him, just the two of us, you know, to share how I was feeling about him. And he was like, oh, honey, look, look, come. I fixed the air conditioning that was dripping. I fixed, uh, uh, we had an issue in the bathroom uh, with the plumbing. I fixed everything. And uh, and he wanted to That's spend brilliant. the whole time told me what he had uh, done in the house, which for me, it was very boring at the time. But when I found out about the the five languages of love and of communication, it was very funny because I understood that this was his way to show me he cared. Okay. So when I found out about those, I, I started to be more impressed and to show more interest in all the things that he was fixing in, in the house for us. And also, he was also more open uh, to come out with me for a walk, to have a nice dinner, you know, to spend more quality time together. So these things are very helpful in our everyday life, if we know them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot. I did not realize uh, there were so many ways to show uh, someone uh, that love and to communicate that love. Um, it's, um, so, so in your mind, and going back to gratitude, is... is um, these five forms of communication is actually gratitude, is actually um, is, uh, appreciating the other person. It's, it's the ways to show your gratitude to the other person. Exactly. But listen, Nag, the, the appreciation doesn't always have to do with others. It has to do also with us. It starts with us to appreciate all the good things we have in our life. Okay. So we should appreciate that uh, we have a bed to sleep. Even the, the simplest things that we have food to eat, we should appreciate this every single day because it's it's very it's uh, it's uh, it's interesting and it's depressing at the same time. If you read the statistics uh, of what percentage of people have access to clear water to food and they also have a roof on top of their head, okay. Right now, it's just three percent of our population. In the whole world, I mean, now, okay, I mean, I'm taking into consideration not just Europe and America, but also underdeveloped countries, Africa, Asia, okay. So if, if you think that you belong only in this privileged 3%, okay, that other people don't have. I mean, here I have a beautiful glass with clear water that I can drink, okay. I should appreciate this because not everybody has this. And actually, the majority of people don't have it. So it's interesting that you touch on that. Because because I when I say this, so I, I, I grew up in a country where, indeed, I was very conscious that 
I had a lot of things that others didn't, and I felt very privileged for it. Uh, and even though now I live in the Netherlands where things are easier and most people have access to this, when I talk about this, I tend to get a reaction of, oh, but you're going extreme and looking at other people's misery is not helping me necessarily and things like this. So how do you make this more something that others really consider when 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 you're when you're mentioning it that that gratitude i find it difficult and and i'm talking also about my children to be honest sophia because it's um you know i try to show them that not everybody has what they have but then i'm like you know the negative person to them <laughs> no. now the truth is that a person is hard to understand just by listening that to, to appreciate that, uh, you know, I really am very privileged, okay? They need to see it. They need to experience this. So, for example, and um, these uh, are uh, things that a lot of uh, people I know and my clients have done, and I'm planning of doing it as well when my children is going to be a bit older. I, I had a client last year that she took her children and they went to Africa with Action Aid, and uh, they were they went there to build... They were actually building an orphan, an orphanage for children. They were, uh, for a whole week, they were uh, carrying uh, stones. <laughs> uh, okay, they were digging. So it was very interesting because she told me that her children, they came back different people. Because it was a totally different thing that she was saying all these years, you know, you should appreciate everything you have. And it's, it was a different thing that her cha- her children saw these other children that they didn't have, as I said, a roof on top of their, he- of their heads. They didn't have food to eat. They didn't have access to medicine. Uh, so it's uh, very important. So it was uh, a beautiful experience. And I have so many... Uh, such experience to share with you. I had a client that uh, uh, she broke up uh, with a guy she was supposed to marry. She was totally miserable. She thought her life would end. And she also went uh, uh, with a volunteer organi- organization and she, she worked uh, for a whole month uh, to help, uh, again, you know, poor people. Uh, and when she came back, she said, I understood that my problems, that I had broken up with my boyfriend of three years, it wasn't that important at the end. And that helped her to overcome, of course, this guy, to meet another guy. She's happily married now. Uh, so I think that it's uh, a very important, and this is why I'm mentioning all these examples. Yeah, so perspective is perspective is key as well. Because this, it helps us grow appreciation and gratitude. Okay. And you don't have to go to Africa, of course, to do this, as the example I mentioned. Uh, I know a lot of people here uh, that they do volunteer once per week, twice per week. You know, they uh, go and they help uh, the people, the refugees, or they go in an orphanage. It can be whatever you can. So, Sophia, just um, you said something earlier that I wanted to just uh, briefly go back to. You said that there are experiences in general. Um, experiences help us uh, appreciate and be happier uh, more than the material things. Now, I completely agree with this. I just find it sometimes difficult in the in the capitalistic world that we live in, materialistic world that we live in, where things tend to kind of make you happy, or at least that's kind of the, the immediate reward, rewarding emotion that you get when you buy something. How, how do we go back to um, being more in touch with yourself and, and holding on more and putting less weight on, on things to make us happy? Okay, so first of all, it's interesting because you mentioned that when you buy something, you become happier. Okay, uh, I have to um, share a very important uh, knowledge here, very important information. So uh, the biggest universities of the world, including Yale, they did a lot of, um, let's say, um, like focus groups, uh, like research, uh, because you know we even have uh, um, we can uh, we can count our level of happiness. You know there are <laughs> we have metrics for this. So it's very interesting because 
they wanted to count the level of happiness of people when they're having a beautiful experience and when they're buying something. Okay, so they run this and they run this a hundred times, millions, <laughs> not millions, but thousands of times. So it was very interesting because they, let's say they took the first group and they said, okay, uh, we'll materialize your uh, um, uh, dream, which is uh, to buy a bigger house. Okay, so they count their level of happiness and indeed their level of happiness, they have become higher at the beginning when they got, you know, the bigger house or the bigger car. Then they did the same with the second group, but wanted to invest in experiences. So, and when I talk about experiences, it can be anything. It can be a trip. It can be going to a a beautiful concert, having dinner, a romantic dinner, having an interesting conversation over coffee with a friend. Okay. Or even trying new things, try bungee jumping, or it doesn't have to be that extreme, uh, try to learn a new language or to paint. So what was interesting is was at the second group, again, the level of happiness, they increased a lot at the beginning you know, of the experience. What the scientists found out, and this was true every single time, is that down the road, after three months and even after six months, the level of happiness uh, in the first group that they had invested in material things, they had dropped down to the exact same levels they were before the acquisition of this item. Even if this item was not an expensive bag, if it was an expensive car or a, or a house. But in the case of the experiences, the level of happiness, they had dropped but very little. So they had they remained... Uh, much higher for a much, much longer period of time. And you know why this happened? Because we have this expression in psychology that we call hedonic adaptation. Hedonic adaptation means that what we have in front of our eyes and we can touch and we have it there all the time, we get, we adapt to it. So we don't appreciate it anymore the same. While the experience happens once, If you go on a beautiful trip, it ends. If you have a beautiful dinner or an interesting conversation, it ends. And even if you go in the same restaurant, you will go with other people. You will have another kind of conversation. So because the experience is not something that you can repeat the exact same way, that's why you can appreciate it much more. And the level of happiness, so you see how appreciation is connected again with our level of happiness. And why experiences can keep our level of happiness much higher than acquiring material things. It's because of hedonic adaptation. That's that I never heard of that before. It's, it explains a lot now, all of a sudden, to me. <laughs> so, I um, based on that, if if I may follow up, have a follow up question for you: What happens when you have a is it the same or what happens when you have a negative experience? And I don't know, something tragic that happens in your life. How do you, how do you navigate through this? Does it work the same way or do you have to um, have a, like another experience that's more positive to yeah. overcome the trauma, for example? Well, it's a combination of the two, okay? Uh, For example, okay, sometime, let's say a person gets a divorce, okay? This is a traumatic experience, Um, uh, together with uh, losing a loved one, okay? Uh, So let's say you have a divorce. Of course, um, you need uh, time to get over it. And of course, if you you meet another person and fall in love, we will get over it. And sometimes people say love... Uh, you know, uh, being in love with somebody that doesn't uh, uh, gives this love back to you, the only way to get over it is to fall in love again. But you won't fall in love again if first you don't appreciate yourself. So again, I come back on appreciation. You need to be able to feel good about yourself, even being alone, not feel good about yourself when you're in a relationship, okay? Because if you don't feel good about yourself, uh, then you will enter a new relationship and you will carry the same issues you had in the previous one. That's why a lot of times you hear people saying, 
oh, I got married twice and I just realized that both times I got divorced for the same reasons. That's not a coincidence, okay? So, uh, so uh, of course, negative experiences is a, a whole different thing, okay? It's a whole different conversation. But for, different, for uh, difficult experiences, what we need is to uh, develop our resiliency, okay? We need to develop resilience and also... The more we are a person that we appreciate the other good things we have in our life, then even this can help us overcome a negative experience, okay? If I focus only on the negative experience, it's like I keep repeating, reliving this negative experience all over again. Uh, but sometimes the people we love hurt us. And I guess where I was coming from was how do you, um, you know, don't you how do you stop using your energy and 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 your um in a way that is actually consuming you because i if you if you are struggling to forgive someone who's hurt you really bad how do you get over that it takes from you a lot and i feel like i personally try to not spend the energy that i have uh, into negative things uh and negative feelings Uh, but that takes forgiveness and that takes uh, a lot and it's not always easy. So in my mind, to be happy, you also probably need to learn how to forgive people. Do you have insights around how that can help becoming more of a happy person? Okay, it's very interesting now that you came back to forgiveness because as you remember, I mentioned forgiveness initially in our talk today. Uh, I, I, yes, forgiveness is one of the contributing factors to our happiness, and I will explain why. So what happens with forgiveness, and I hear that a lot, both from friends but also from clients. A lot of times they tell me, but I don't want to forgive. This person does not deserve my forgiveness, period. I don't want to forgive my father, my friend, my ex. Okay, and okay, I listen, I hear this, and I accept it. I'm not saying that this person deserves your forgiveness, okay? Forgiving uh, means that me, I don't feel inside me, I don't feel anger, I don't feel mad, I no longer have bad feelings about this person, but if this person hasn't treated me well, he shouldn't be in my life, okay? But I don't wish bad for him. Why is this so important? So what I say to my clients and a lot of times to my speeches as well is that we don't care if the other person deserves to be forgiven. You don't care about the other person. You forgive because it is, it is in your good interest, in your best interest. If you don't forgive the other person, you won't feel good inside. And if you don't have positive emotions inside of you, then you cannot move forward and be happy in your life with other people and do the things you love. You know, if I keep uh, dueling, oh, I hate my ex, uh, he was so immature, uh, why did he cheat on me? If I keep uh, um, all the time all these negative things inside myself, how am I going to go out and be open um, to attract another person and be happy? Okay. So it's very important to keep in mind that we don't forgive the other person uh, because this person deserves our forgiveness. We forgive the other person because it's in our best interest. We forgive for us. Okay. And I will give an example. Uh, this is one of my favorite, beautiful examples. A teacher in Japan, she wanted to teach her uh, students the importance of forgiveness. So she asked them to come to school She said, please, on Monday, come to school and bring a big sack with potatoes. So she said, we're going to do a little experiment for the whole week. So the children did this. So on Monday, they took out the potatoes uh, from the bags. And she said, okay, now for the whole week, you will move around in the school, in your house, wherever you go, and you'll have this sack with you. And whenever something happens that a person does something that bothers you, that makes you mad or sad, you will put a, a stone inside the bag. And so they did. So after a whole week, uh, what is interesting 
enough is that uh, most of the children, <laughs> they, their bags were so heavy that they had to drag them. They couldn't even carry them around, okay? And even those that they could uh, carry them, they were very heavy. So the, the teacher explained that the way you feel with carrying all this weight and not be able to move forward, this is exactly what happens when we don't forgive other people. Because we keep hurting inside ourselves, okay? And we do bad in ourselves in order of doing good and helping ourselves to move forward and feel lighter and be happier. Wow. Okay. Uh, so it's, uh, it's very important to forgive. Um, um, I imagine, and I know this is extreme, but I will just mention it because it shows the importance of forgiveness. Um, scientists have found out that women, even women that have been raped, which is the worst thing that can happen to you, for me at least, apart from dying, okay, it's a very, it's, it's, a, it's a, of course, it's a totally... Uh, bad thing uh, for me, the, the rapist, they should go to jail, you know, not for two, three, five years, but forever, because these people, they might do it again. But if a woman that has been raped cannot, is not able to forgive what happened to her, uh, she's reliving this experience and she won't be able to move forward and uh, meet another man, fall in love and have a beautiful family. So even in extreme situations like this, we have found out that women, that they were able to forgive. And uh, when I say forgive, it's important uh, uh, to separate uh, the person from the action. Okay, we don't forgive uh, the action. The action of raping is ter it's terrible. It should never happen. Okay, it should never have happened. But we forgive the state of mind that this person was when he or she did something terrible as such because of course this person was not stable emotionally because a, a person that is emotionally in a good state of course doesn't do this so it was a person with a lot of problems as well okay so we work to forgive this in order for us to be able to move forward in our lives okay so imagine if there are uh, women that they were able to forgive uh, this uh, terrible uh, thing that happened to them, uh, then we can find the courage to forgive a lot of other things that happened to us that are not that severe, okay? So uh, forgiveness is a way of... So forgiveness is kind of a way towards gratitude. It's, it's kind of the way the universe works together. It's like the both go hand in hand. When it's in our best interest. There is no way we can bring good things into our lives. Uh, if uh, we keep complaining and if we keep uh, saying bad things about other people that have hurt us. Everything we have talked about today is connected. Uh, because also, yes, forgiveness is connected with gratitude. Gratitude is also connected with relationships. The more gratitude you, you have, the better your relationships. Okay. And... Uh, uh, even uh, what we mentioned about the experiences and the materialistic things are connected here because um, again we have done uh, um, we have done a lot of research and focus groups and we have found out that even the richest people before dying when we have we have asked them what is uh, the thing that you are most uh, that you feel most proud of or uh, happy in your life. No one mentioned their big houses or cars or the, the billions they had in the bank or the companies they were able to create. They all talked about uh, their family, their close friends, their relationships and the feelings they had about these people. That's amazing. And I think it's, it's, uh, it really brings it all together. I, I love I love that thought and I think uh, you're spot on and, and thank you so much for sharing all the, the research as well that went into this and, and the insights. I feel like we can be talking for hours and there's so much to unpack. So I, uh, I thank you again so much um, for your time today. I, I have usually with my, 
guests a few uh, spontaneous questions that I like to ask them um, just to, to get to know you a little bit better. Um, if you're okay with it, I will uh, move on to that and ask you some um, unexpected questions. Of course. <laughs> Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. So here's the first question. Um, what is the most unexpected question you get as a coach? <laughs> unexpected. Uh, okay. I've never thought about this <laughs> before. Um, okay. I get a lot of questions. Like, yeah, sometimes people uh, tell me, well, if I come to you, am I going to be happier? Which, which uh, for me, it was a very... Uh, wow. It was a, 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 an interesting question on the respect that uh, no one can make you happy than yourself. I can show you, I can give you some tools, I can show you the path, but if you don't want to work with these tools, I cannot make anyone happy by force. Absolutely. So for me, yes, this is what this is was one unexpected question. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine uh, feeling responsible for someone else for someone else's happiness. <laughs> but thank you for sharing that. Okay, so what is uh, one tip that you received one day and that stuck with you until today? So obviously, you have a lot of information and knowledge around that space, but. Maybe somebody from your past um, who, or a tip or some, some advice somebody gave you that stays with you today. Yes, a tip that has to do with happiness and well-being or in general. Anything at all. can be with anything. It can be career, can be family, anything at all. Okay. It's interesting. In one of the seminars I followed a long time ago, I participated. The coach said that uh, whenever um, you're going to enter into a relationship, professional or personal, you need to ask yourself three things. Okay. If you like, the first question is if you like this person, if you don't know this person well, okay, it's just the, you know, uh, the first impression. If you like this person, if this person, you think it's a person you can trust, uh, and the third question, if this is a person you think you can respect. Okay. So it's very interesting because then the coach told us that if the question in any of these three questions is no, you should not enter into a relationship with this person. Okay. And we also did a beautiful exercise and I've done this exercise hundreds of times, both for myself and for my clients. So she said, okay, Write down on a paper two of your relationships that fall apart, that didn't work. It can be personal or professional. And then go back on the first moment you met this person and think, what was your answer to these three questions? And she said, every single time, because our intuition is always right, but sometimes we don't listen to it, in one of the three questions, the answer would have been no. So if you can do this from now on in your future relations, uh, you, can, uh, uh, you can help a lot yourself not go into relationships that won't work. So yes, this has, uh, has stayed with me for a long time because I also use it now, both for myself and my clients. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. I'll be thinking about that. <laughs> Um, I'm switching gear a little bit now, um, a little bit lighter question. Uh, what is in your bucket list? So first of all, do you have a bucket list? And uh, what are maybe one thing or two things that are in your bucket list that you would like to do before um, oh, you finish this life? Mag, I can talk uh, hours about this. I have tons of bucket lists of the places I want to visit. I've traveled a lot. Uh, um, uh, I have a bucket list uh, with the 100 countries I want to visit before I die. I'm in a good uh, path. I've been to 57 up to now, uh, but I want to go to 100. Wow. wow. So one of the things I want to do uh, in terms of experiences, I want to swim with white sharks. Um, I want to go and help with the restoration of the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, which uh, scientists say is that if we don't do something immediate about it, it's not going to be around for a very long time. Um, 
I would like to go to the moon. Maybe this will be possible in the next 20 years, 30 years. Oh, wow. You uh, have like serious items on your list. I feel I like have, I, I need to look at mine again. <laughs> I have a book that says the 100 things you should do before you are 50 years old or before you die. And it's interesting uh, there are a lot of books like this, but this one is a really good one. And I'm ticking out the things that I've done. And in one of the items is to write a book. So this I've done, for example. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and so um, just two more questions. Uh, still in the very light tone, if you had to choose a superpower, would you, cho would you choose more hearing people's thoughts or realizing their wishes? Which one would you choose? I would choose realizing their wishes because this is associated also uh, partly with my life path. Me, I feel that my life path and my work is how to help people. So by granting their wishes, I would feel like I'm helping them. Okay. But if, you, if your question was what superpower I would choose and not one of these two, it would be to be able to travel through time. Oh, Just good. Okay. Now, now we have that recorded. <laughs> Thank you. That's a that's an interesting one. <laughs> yes. um, and the last question, I could not hold myself back. I had to finish on this question because of the conversation, the amazing things uh, we discussed earlier now. Um, what are you this year most grateful for? Interesting question. Thank you. Um, I think that I'm most grateful for my family and my close friends, uh, the people that I love and the people that love me, and the fact that uh, I can see the people that I care about apart from my family. I can hug them, kiss them, spend time with them, because the previous two years with COVID, uh, I, it, it was hard, but on the same time for me, because I think that out from any experience, no matter how negative it is, there is always something good to come out. It was very interesting because uh, I think it helped a lot of us to realize and to how important our relationships are and to appreciate them more. Thank you so much. That's a, that's a absolutely 100% agreeing with you on this one. Um, absolutely. And uh, right now, today, I'm grateful for this conversation and the time I've had with you. So um, I think this brings it to a close. Uh, Sophia, thank you so much. Um, I really feel like we can keep talking about this and I'm sure we'll be in touch <laughs> in the future again. But thank you so much for being with us on the podcast today. Thank you very much, Nag, for having me. It was uh, so nice talking to you. It was like talking with an old friend, which you are actually, but <laughs> uh, it was very nice. So thank you very, very much. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and recommend our podcast to your friends. You can also leave a review or a rating. We'll appreciate that. Do you have a great story to share that can help others in their own journey? Then get in touch by Instagram or by visiting our chroniclesofus.org website and email us. Thanks again, stay curious, and until next time.